Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. The great return. You say, man, return to what? Well, a great return to God. You say, man, that's just for the world. That's just for the world. No, I'm going to prove to you today that that's for believers. Many times that is for believers <clears throat> even before the world. Scripture says things like judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Scripture says things like, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. We're going to get into that verse today. So it's a great return to God. There's so much going on in the world. There's so very much going on. There's social media. There's movies. There's clothes. There's, there's everything that people make idols. And I'm, I'm not saying that if you're into that stuff, it's just wrong in and of itself. No, but sometimes we put things before God. And there are even believers who don't have a true revelation of who God is. And there are even believers who don't know God like they should. The world doesn't know God, and we understand that, we know that. But believers ought to know God. Believers ought to know God through his word, what he likes, what he loves, what he hates. The things that grieve God's spirit, we've got we've to learn what those things are. And in this series this month, in the month of March, I'm going to be talking to you about the great return. And it's about... Repentance and brokenness, that's tied in too. To be able to return to God, you got to be repentant and broken. There's so many things in this world that distract us and pull us away from God. And, and, and I just want to tell you right now, get, get in, tune in to God. Get close to God while you can. Matter of fact, let me just throw this in there because these are some other ways you can get close to God that we have offered here. Beginning tonight at 6 p.m., we'll be meeting in the sanctuary for prayer for three nights. Tonight at 6 Tomorrow night at 6 p.m., Tuesday night at 6 p.m. It's 6 to 8. You say, man, I can only be there for an hour. Come for an hour. It's an hour more than you would have, right? Anywhere else. You say, man, it's an hour more than you would have prayed with a group of people anywhere else. So be here tonight, 6 to 8 p.m., right in here. Pastor reminded me, and we're really leaning toward that. God's been speaking to us that we have that once a month, three nights of prayer. And so here tonight, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., it's going to be wonderful. You can come and pray. We're going to pray in a group. You can you can kneel, you can sit, you can walk around, you can hear God as we play music. That is powerful. Also, we have a mission trip coming up, so we'll have sign-ups next week. You say, man, how does that tie in? Well, I'm going to tell you, you can go on a mission trip and find repentance and brokenness. You can. Now, we should before, but there's times you get on a mission trip and God will allow your heart to be broken by what you see out there. And God will speak to you and deal with you. I've seen so many people get closer to God by going on a mission trip. We'll have more details next week on prices, this, that, and the other. When, when there are sign-ups, sign-ups are next Sunday, okay? So we will be signing you up. The mission trip will be July 16th through 23rd. Now, remember, if there is no humility, there is no great return. If there's no humility. Pride fights against everything. Pride does not want you at the altar. Pride doesn't want you at church. Pride doesn't want you to be able to say you're sorry. Pride does not want you to be able to admit when you're wrong. So the title of today's message is, Why Humility Matters. Why does it matter so much? Why Humility Matters. Humility is the ability to humble yourself. That's what that is. Admit when you're wrong. I remember growing up, Maybe not y'all. Maybe it's just me. But man, I knew so much, right? Quote, I knew so much. And as a young man, it's like, 
It's crazy. The older I've gotten, it feels like I know so little. <laughs> somebody else has said that. I'm stealing that quote from somebody. It's like the older I get, it's like the more I realize I need God. I need people around me who are wise. And I don't know much after all this time. You know, I, I walk around the church and I walk around home and you see things. You see little details that you haven't noticed lately. And I don't know why. All weekend I was at home doing different things when I was at home and I would see things and I'd go, I've never noticed that before. That tile sticks up a little more than the other tile. Or that, I wonder when that nick happened. I'm kind of sentimental that way. I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if my mom was still alive when that happened. That, I, I set the iron a few years back and I set it up against the blinds and it partially melted some of the, the blinds. Just a little bit, and I went, I wonder when that happened. And then I was noticing, and I don't know why, I was just noticing things at the house. Like, when did that happen? Is that new, that little, uh, there, it looks like there's a piece of tile missing, or did that happen? When was that? Is that new, and how long? And I was looking around noticing things, and why did I bring that up to you today? Well, it's the more I get into God's Word, there's a parallel here, because all truth is parallel, but the more I get into God's Word, I notice there's things in there that I've never paid attention to before. And I'm like, that's always been there. I've read that verse, it seems like a million times, and I've never noticed that. I've never noticed that. Hmm. I've never noticed that. It's, it's the same way with Scripture. You get to really spend time with God, and you go, I never, I never noticed that, Lord. I didn't know that about you. Same with my wife. The more we spend time together, we get to know each other, and we know each other well. We've been married 12, about 12 and a half years now. It'll be 12 and a half years this month. And there's things... Jen is really good at noticing stuff, and she's still learning me and knowing me, but there's things about her that I'm still getting to know. As a whole, I know what she likes and doesn't like. I know as a general rule how to make her happy and what she likes, but there's still things we're going to learn about each other. We're going to learn about each other, okay? In the same way, you got to get into God's Word. And I, was, I felt God leading me this morning as, as Pastor Jen was praying and, and leading an altar call and different things. The book of Joel, I'm not going to put any references up there, but the book of Joel is in the Old Testament. And it's interesting how the first two chapters, it talks about repentance and crying out to God at church even. And it's talking about the priest doing it, but it's, about, it's for everybody. And it says crying and repenting. And it's interesting because after the crying and the repentance, because there's humility there and weeping before God and saying we're sorry, he pours out his spirit. At the end of chapter 2, it begins to describe that God is going to pour out his spirit after repentance and brokenness. And so you need humility to be able to repent. Church is ideal for that. The altar is ideal for that. Prayer tonight is ideal for that. But even at home, it's ideal for that. Now is the time to repent and hear God. Now is the time to be humble before him. Now is the time, people of God, to return. Now is the time to return. Not tomorrow, not next week. You say, man, I'm already seeking God. Yeah, but is there any area in your life where you need to return to God? Is there any area in your life that you need to say, I don't know so much about this? And people have pride about all kinds of stuff. People have pride about what they know. Sometimes people have a lot of pride because they've been hurt or because they've been raised about dealing with the opposite sex, men with women and women just as much with men. Saying, no, oh, I'm not going to let anybody hurt me or all men are this way or all women are that way or they need. No, you know what? We can humble ourselves. We can humble ourselves and be honest and, and be full of life and love. This is why humility matters today because without humility, 
There is no return to God without it. No return to God without it. Admitting we're wrong. Admitting, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need something different and new in my life. Number one today, why humility matters? Well, it attracts God. It attracts God to your situation. Let's go to 1 Peter 5.5. 5. Look at this. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. How do you clothe yourself with humility? Let's talk about that for a minute. How did you clothe yourself today? Anybody? Adrian's like, I put it on. Adrian didn't even say anything. She just went like that. I put it on. Exactly. That's so simple, it's deep. I just put it on. <clears throat> How did I clothe myself today? Well, y'all don't know this about me, but I lay my clothes out the day before, especially for Sunday. Because I like to get up early and be over here early, and I don't want to mess with my clothes on Sunday morning. I've done that before, and I hate it. Oh, man, i got to iron that. i got to do this. i got to do that. I lay them out. And sometimes I have options. I haven't decided, and it'll be two things. I'm not sure. That's rare. Usually it's one thing, and I've already decided. Somebody say decided. decided. Yeah, but I don't want to have false humility. You need to start somewhere and just start humbling yourself. I don't want my humility to be false. Well, then you want real pride? I don't want my humility to be fake. You want, you want genuine pride? Because you're going to see as we go through this, God hates pride. It's an abomination to him. Pride, as far as we know, pride was original sin. It was the first sin. It's what got Satan kicked out of heaven. He was beautiful in all his ways. You can look in Scripture. It looks like Scripture says this. Now, this is interesting. This has been debated. Scripture says that musical instruments were even built into Satan's body. Look that up in Isaiah. It's fascinating. He had pipes and stuff built into his body to be able to worship God with his actual body. So you wonder why music is so satanic today and music is so, so drawing and has such a pull on people because Satan was the head of music in heaven. He knows about music. This dude had instruments built into his body and scripture says no one compared to his beauty. After God, he was arguably the most beautiful creation in all of the universe. And it got to his head one day. And he said, I will be like the Most High. I, I want his worship. He's getting all the worship. He was built to worship God, but God created him with a free will. How interesting. He had a free will. And his pride got him destroyed, and he's on his way to hell now. And I know that is not going to be your story. I'm going to tell you right now, everybody in this room is going to heaven. And pride is not going to be our setback in life. Pride is not going to be your setback. It's not going to be my setback in life. It is not. And pride, <clears throat> years ago, I'll never forget this. I told my wife something stupid. You ready for this? You're going to like this. I told my wife, I said, yeah, you know what? I don't think pride's really been one of my things. That's not been something I've struggled with. Red flag. I knew better than that. That statement was a proud statement. Are y'all with me? You're going to see me humbling myself a lot before God and you during this series. Next week, the title of the message is Pride Says. 
Oh, yeah, and we're going to talk bad about me next week. Not too bad, but I'm going to tell you some of my story, and maybe today too. But you know what? This is why humility matters, because it attracts God. Be clothed with humility. Decide to put on your, decide to put on your humility, just like you decide to put on the armor of God. I believe in your mind you can take off the armor of God. I believe people can do that. I don't ever take the armor of God off. I just remind myself that it's on. I sleep in the armor of God by faith. Can you imagine? I'm going to take the helmet of salvation off while I sleep. You may have a weird dream. I'm going to take the breastplate of righteousness off while I sleep. I'm going to put up my shield of faith when I sleep. No, I sleep with it covering me, man, because who knows? Who knows? I sleep with my shield over me like a soldier. Who knows? In the same way, I want to be clothed with humility for God. Look at this. Look at this. God resists the proud. I love this example. John, try to, try to grab my arm. Not too hard because you're strong. Try to hold on. Try to grab my arm again. I am resisting John. Come with me. Go, go over here. Oh, man, and God does that to the proud. Hey, Lord, I need to talk to you. He's like, man, get off me. You're proud. You've been asking me that in pride, and I'm going to deal with you. Pride is a tough thing. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, this is God speaking, and turn from their wicked ways. Remember, my people, my people called by my name. Are you called by the name of Jesus? You are, aren't you? You even call yourself a Christian. I call myself a Christian. The people called by his name, we identify with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're children of the Most High. We, are, we, we consider ourselves, Jesus said, he's not ashamed to call us brothers, Scripture says. So we're, we're identified heavily with the name of Jesus. My people were called by my name. If they'll turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. He never said if the wicked will turn from their wicked ways. Let's go into that next verse. Does it just say land or is there a continuation of that same verse? Land. There it is. Land. Let's do the whole verse again. I like that. Whole verse if you don't mind. Second Chronicles 7.14. Let's go from the beginning right there. If my people, you know what, on the count of three, let's all read it together. And they'll flow with us. One, two, three. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. He's not speaking to the wicked, is he? It's very, very, very clear. If my people. If my people. If my people. I feel like the opposite of humility, pride, it blocks so many things that we could be receiving from God. And it's crazy. You'll see people being dealt with by God and they're still making excuses. Yeah, but it's their fault. Yeah, God's dealing with me. Yeah, but it's her fault. Yeah, God's dealing with me, but it's mom's fault. Yeah, God's dealing with me, but it's dad's fault. No, God's dealing with me, but it's, it was the IRS's fault. God's dealing with me, but it's my boss's fault. God's dealing with me, but it's my pastor's fault or my husband's fault or my wife's fault. You know what? Just humble yourself. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to humble yourself before God. 
Stop making excuses. Stop trying to find a way around it. Stop trying to, to get a, circumnavigate and get around the things that God is trying to do in your life. Many times we pray for God to change us and we go through stuff and then we don't humble ourselves. Humility is a choice. Humility is a choice. It really is. I want God to be part of everything in my life. I want my life to revolve around Him. Are you with me? I want my life to revolve around Him, not me. I want my life to revolve around God, not me. I don't even know if I'm going to get through all these points today. We may have to continue this next week and then go into the next one. I don't even know. God has taken me in a direction here and to elaborate in different things. Let's, let's go to... You know what? Let's go back to 1 Peter 5.5. 5. The Lord, I, I don't feel like I, I, need, I have a release to go to the second point there. All of you be submissive to one another, right? Go continue on for me on the screens there. Be submissive to one another. There you go. I like this right here. Be submissive to one another. We've got to submit one to another. Be clothed with humility. <laughs> I had... I had a really nice shirt this morning that my wife bought me for Christmas. It's Banana Republic. Now, don't be too impressed. We don't pay full price ever. My wife knows even when she buys me clothes, I'm like, did you get a good deal? I, I just, it's got to be cheap. Bragging rights for me are not how much I paid for it. They're how little I paid for it, okay? They said, man, that's amazing. You got that? Yeah, it was $5, you know, the clearance rack. Praise God. But very nice blue. I know that's shocking to you, blue, right? Because I never wear blue, right? I'm being sarcastic. Blue shirt from Banana Republic. It seemed to fit well on the shoulders, but the arms, I, for my height, I've always kind of had short arms. That was always bragging rights, too, when I'd jump up and grab the rim. Shorter people than me always had longer arms than me. So my arms are probably an inch shorter than they should be, inch and a half. Well, when I put... Now you're going to be looking at my arms and say, man, are his arms short? Well, you can't tell. I'm going to lean down. They're normal. I put on the dress shirt this morning, and I'd ironed it yesterday, and I noticed, and I thought, I'm going to have my wife look at this, but I already knew I didn't have to have her look at it. The arms look too long on me. It's a medium. It fits me in every other way, but the arms didn't look right. See, this, this is just about right. There's a little wrinkle here and there, but the shirt fits me. You can, it fits me. It's okay. But man, this one was gathering everywhere. It looked like I had a six foot one dude's shirt on. Big and tall. It fit me everywhere else. It didn't fit me. And here's what I want to tell you guys. Pride does not fit you. Pride doesn't fit you. You weren't created for that. That's why scripture is so strong and so adamant about pride over and over and over again. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. God destroys, wow, the, proud, the house of the proud will be destroyed. Oh my gosh. A proud spirit comes, is for a, it comes before a fall and haughtiness before destruction. Wow, those are strong words. God takes it serious because pride says, I don't need you, God. Pride says, this is my battle, but then I'm going to run from it. Pride says, this is my stuff. I got to deal with it. I got to figure it out. And God's dealing with me on some of that stuff right now. He really is. He's dealing with me in some of these areas of remembering that I, that's not for me to solve. Pride doesn't fit you well. Clothe yourself with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace. 
He gives grace. Somebody say he gives grace. He gives grace to the humble. Hmm. Point two today. Without humility, there is no brokenness. You never come to the end of yourself. Let's go to Matthew 21, 44. Matthew 21, 44. It's talking about Jesus as the cornerstone and the rock and the stone that the builders rejected. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken. But on whoever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Ladies, you're no exception to this, right? It's actually him or her. It's a lot of masculine in the Bible and there's older translations. It will grind that person, man or woman, to powder. So what does that mean? It means that if you willfully choose to fall on Jesus and fall and humble yourself, when you're falling down on, on, on the rock, you're humbling yourself. You're down on your knees. You are humbling yourself before him. It is an act of worship. You'll be broken. But you chose to be broken. But mark my words, according to the scripture, if you choose the opposite of brokenness, you choose to not be broken. You choose to walk in pride and make excuses and be arrogant and be haughty and be stubborn. Then guess what? That stone is going to fall on you and it's going to crush you. I'd rather fall on that stone than have that stone fall on me. How about you? I choose to fall on that stone. And New Living is okay with this one. Of all the translations I looked at, it's like one or two translations of like 10 or 15 that say stumbles over. That's okay. But let's go back to New King James Version. I like this translation better on that one because it says whoever falls on this stone. Yeah, you're gonna, that's going to be a stumbling stone to some. But if you stumble on it, make sure you fall. Make sure you fall on that stone. Make sure you fall and bow and kneel and worship and humble yourself. Say, man, I don't know how to do that. Well, it starts at your prayer altar. It starts at home in prayer and the word, but it starts when you're alone and you start to humble yourself with God and you start to allow brokenness to come. And what is brokenness? Brokenness is I can't do this on my own anymore. I'm at the end of myself. When you're broken and humble, you realize only God can put you back together according to his plan. I don't know what God's doing in me. I don't know what exactly he's healing in me. I know we all grieve differently. I was talking to Adrian about that this morning. Adrian, our children's pastor, we all grieve differently. We're talking about mom this morning. I've just really been thinking about mom a lot. And I know that it's been an area of brokenness for me. God has used it to deal with stuff in my life. I mean, because it's normal. Grief is normal. And we grieve differently and we remember mom and you guys remember your mom and the ones who have gone on before you, a wife or a husband or, man, and I'm just allowing, I'm not fighting it. We grieve how we grieve, but man, I'm just saying, Lord, use this in my life. Use this in my life. I humble myself before you. I don't know what you're doing in me. I don't know if it's just mom. I don't know if it's just missing her. I don't know what it is, but God, she's on my mind for a reason. I say, yeah, that's natural, but I believe God is doing something in my heart through this. And I know, and I admit to you today, that only God can make me whole. Only God can make me whole. Only God can make you whole. Only God can put you back together again. Only God can put you back together again because he remembers how he created you. He remembers exactly 
how he created you to be, even before our DNA got messed up and before we had genetic weaknesses and before the fall. He remembers, he remembers how you were so he can put you back together. And you got to have faith to let God do that, don't you? I believe humility is closely tied to faith. Say, God, I'm going to humble myself and obey because what you do and what you know and what you say and what you've commanded is best. And I can't do this by myself. I really can't do this by myself, God. Hmm. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. I think I'm going to close with this verse, and I'm going to have an altar call today. It's, it's not like I planned. It's not like I planned, but I'm going to humble myself to what God wants. I believe he wants something different than what I planned. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Hmm. That's when you've been sinning, and you know you've been messing up, and it said, man, we have... I, I don't have any sin. Well, we deceive ourselves. Why do we deceive ourselves? Obadiah says the pride of our hearts has deceived us. The book of Obadiah. Pride is deceptive. Pride says, I don't see that. Pride says, I haven't noticed that about myself. Pride says, that's not me. Pride says, there's an inner lawyer in me that's always defending me saying, uh, I don't know if I need that. I don't know if I got to do that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that right now. That's what pride says. So if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Go ahead and turn. If you would, Matthew, go ahead and turn these middle lights out. Thank you. Look at the next verse. Or whatever's next right there. Let's go. 1 John 1. It, but if we confess our sins, <clears throat> he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness. Look at the next verse. <clears throat> Once again, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Isn't that strong? You only get to this place, though, if you're going to be humble and real. I believe humility is very truthful. I believe humility is very, very truthful because you're able to admit your mistakes and your flaws. You're able to admit and say, God, I, I need you to break me. I want to fall on you, and I want to be broken on you, God, but I, I, need, I need that in my life. And that's a tough prayer to pray. It's nerve-wracking. It, it make you nervous. might even scare you. You say, man, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Get ready, because we're praying for revival. We're praying for revival and, and a great awakening. And the only way that a revival comes, it always begins with a great wave of repentance, humility, and brokenness. Pride never leads to revival, ever. Pride never leads to revival. We've never seen a revival happen because of pride. We've never seen a revival happen because we were willful and stubborn. Never. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Is there anybody in here, first of all, that says, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life? And if not, I will move on to the next thing. Anybody in this house, would you raise your hand and say, man, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. All right, everybody in here has accepted Jesus. I agree. I'm sure you have. Everybody in here is a believer. Here's what I want you to do now. I'm not going to get into your business. I'm not going to ask you detailed questions. We've got a little time. What I want to ask you today is, if you want to humble yourself before God, 
Why don't you come to this altar? I'm going to kneel down up here too. You say, I want to humble myself before God. I need to just make sure my heart is right with God. Come to this altar now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to be up here too, kneeling, humbling myself. Go on. Go on. Come on up. Don't let pride keep you away from this altar. You know what? Everybody in this house, come on up here. If you won't do it, I'll compel you. Come on up. Everybody in this house. Everybody in this house. <clears throat> it's not for me, I promise. It's for you and God and your relationship with God. That's right. That's right. Feel this altar. Let's just have a time of, of repenting and telling the Lord that we want to humble ourselves before him. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God today. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God today. Oh God, what do you have in store for us? Perfect. That's good right there. There you go. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Come on up, ladies. Come on up. I'm going to turn this music up a little bit. Yes, God. Oh, we're not worthy without the cross. But now by the blood of Jesus, you are worthy. Humility knows your place. Humility always says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but only in Christ Jesus. Oh, God, we humble ourselves before you. We humble ourselves before you today, God. Oh, we humble ourselves before you. If you need to confess any sin to the Lord right now and repent of anything, go ahead. Start there. Start there. You say, Lord, I need to, I need to tell you I'm sorry. Please forgive me for lust or pride or, or anger or walking in impatience or that thing I've been dealing with or the worry or the fear or not trusting you or disobeying you. Whatever it is, tell the Lord you're sorry today. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell him you're sorry and now begin to humble yourself before him. Tell him you cannot do it without him. You can't make it in life without him. Apart from you, Jesus, we can do nothing. If you resist the proud but give grace to the humble, God, we want to be humble. And we humble ourselves before you today. We humble ourselves before you today, God. Oh, Lord, move in our lives. Move on our hearts. Oh, we humble ourselves before you, God. Oh, God, we humble ourselves before you. Lord, we want your brokenness. We want to be like Jesus. Jesus lived a humble, repentant, and life of brokenness. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we humble ourselves before you, God. Lord, we humble ourselves today. We can't make it without you, God.
After you've repented and humbled yourself, and if you pray in a heavenly language, go ahead and begin to pray. Pray in your spiritual language there to the Lord. It's a perfect prayer. Scripture says even when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit intercedes and prays for us. Hmm. God wants to use brokenness in your life so that He can make you whole again. Make you whole again. Make you feel real again. You don't have to live fake. You don't have to fake it anymore. You can be real and genuine, whatever your personality is. You can humble yourself before God and it can flow through your personality, your quirks and idiosyncrasies, the interesting, unique, quirky things about you. God can flow through those and use those, your differences, your uniqueness, your abilities. This is for somebody today. Don't resist God any longer in any area of your life. I don't know who that's for. You know who you are, and that's between you and your God. But don't resist God anymore. <clears throat> don't resist Him. Don't make excuses. Don't ignore Him. Don't hide from the Word or from prayer. Humble yourself in these activities and just begin to let God work on you and work in you and work through you. Don't resist him anymore. Some of you know, you actually are, no, you know, and you have recognized the fact that you have resisted God. Don't resist him anymore. Give in to him. Humble yourself and give in to him. Thank you, Father. Oh, we, we repent, God. Cleanse us by the blood of Jesus and we humble ourselves, Father. We humble ourselves today, my God. We humble ourselves today, my God. Continue to pray and seek God. Continue to pray and seek God. Continue to humble yourself before Him and pray in tongues if you operate in a heavenly language, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm believing God that you will be baptized in His Spirit today or very soon in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, anything that's held us back, we're going to leave it here today. We're going to leave it here today, God, at this altar, whatever's held us back.